Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Arthur Pirelli Martin, and welcome to my morning podcast, Biblical Principles for Daily Living. So glad you guys dropped in. Please share, please share this podcast. You can share it through your text messaging, your Facebook page, Twitter, or any other social media platform. Um, If people are having a hard time getting on, send them to my Google podcast uh, under Arthur Pearly Martin and all my uh, podcast uh, episodes are on there. Today, we're going to drop in and um, we're going to talk about being Christ-centered or self-centered. Hold on, give me one minute. Before we do, we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you that you said where two or three are joined together, there you are. Father, I thank you that your word is going to land on good ears, that we will have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Father, take the stoppers off our ears, take the blinders off our eyes. So we can receive a rhema word from you, Father God. We come before you and we just open our hearts to you, Lord God, so that our hearts will be good ground, Father. We come here not to just hear the word, Father, but to be doers of the word that we hear, Father God. And we just give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, we pray. Amen. So again, thank you so much for being here on my podcast. Again, my name is Arthur Pearly Martin. Uh, my podcast is Biblical Principles for Daily Living. And today we're going to talk about, we're asking the question, are you Christ-centered or self-centered? We know that as we approach these per- evil end, day, these, uh, end times, the Bible says they're going to be perilous times, they're going to be hard times. Right, So our soul is really going to have to be anchored in the Lord. So when the storms of life comes, when the economy is hit or the disease or, you know, people losing loved ones or whatever the crisis is, because Jesus did clearly tell us in Matthew that in this world, we're going to have some tribulations. How many of you know that in this world, we're going to have some trouble? But if we keep our mind stayed on him, he tells us, he reminds us, that he will keep us in perfect peace. Those who keep their mind stayed on him, he will keep us in perfect peace. In this world, we're going to have some trials and tribulations. John 16, 33 tells us, take look up that. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. So the Lord is telling us, Jesus is telling us in 16:33 that in this world, we're going to have some trouble. We're going to have some trouble. But he said, but in him, we can have peace. And then don't be, don't take heart. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Remember that Jesus has already overcome the world and the things of the world. But in order to um, be be a part of that, we're going to have to have our soul anchored in the Lord. We're going to have to be Christ-centered to be able to trust in the Lord. That means we're going to have to rely on and depend on him for everything. I like how Proverbs, our scripture, we're going to start off with scripture verse Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight paths. He will make straight your path. Okay. So here, in order for us to be Christ-centered and not self-centered, we have to be able to trust in the Lord with all our heart. This is why Jesus said, take heart. Don't be afraid because I've already overcome the world. Now, when we're Christ-centered, we're we're trusting to be Christ-centered means we're going to be trusting 
in the Lord, in God's ability and not our own ability. That's why he goes on to say, do not lean to your own understanding. Don't be trying to figure stuff out. Quit trying to figure it out. I got the answer and all you have to do is ask me for my wisdom and I will show you how to do whatever it is that I'm asking you to do. How many of you know that God will strengthen us to do whatever it is he's asking us to do? This is why we say I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? But it's the things that we're doing, it has to be what God is asking us. Philippians 4.13 tells us we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If you take a notes, write down these scriptures. Philippians 4.13 tells us I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Know this. Notice that it says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? Well, Christ is only going to strengthen us to do the things that he has asked us to do. This is why he's telling us, look, don't lean to your own understanding. Quit trying to figure it out. And why don't acknowledge me in all your ways and I'll direct your path. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to do. And if you ask me for, and I'll tell you how to do it. Ask me for wisdom. Don't quit trying to figure out stuff. Because in this world, we're going to have a lot of trouble. Jesus already told us. But he said, I need you to cast your cares upon me because I care for you. But how how are we going to be able to cast our cares upon the Lord? We have to be Christ-centered to cast our cares, our worries, and our fears upon the Lord. We have to be, and we have to be able to trust in the Lord to cast our cares upon the Lord. Now, when we're not Christ-centered, when we're self-centered, we're self-sufficient. And we're trying to figure out things on our own without the Lord. But being Christ-centered is when we're trusting in the Lord. And we say, Jesus, you are my Lord. What does that mean when we say, Jesus, you are my Lord? That means, Jesus, you're my supervisor. I'm going to do, I'm going to submit myself to your will, to your way of doing things. That's having trust in the Lord. But in order to be able to trust the Lord... We always have to go back to the beginning of things and we got to make sure that we have a a relationship with the Lord because everything comes out of relationship. You cannot trust someone. I I I have to constantly reiterate this every podcast because it all goes back to this. We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I said relationship, not religion. Relationship with Jesus Christ. Walking in fellowship, to have a relationship with someone means to walk in fellowship with them. Jesus said, if you uh, if you uh, say that you walk, have fellowship with me, but still walk in darkness or still live a lifestyle, we're talking about a lifestyle, that's contrary against me. You are a liar and the truth is not in you. This is what the word of God teaches us, right? So in order to walk in, we cannot trust God if we're not walking in fellowship with God. We cannot Submit to God unless we're walking in fellowship with God. I'm going to stop right here for a minute and ask a question. Or do you have a relationship with God? Um, and what I mean by that is, are you walking in fellowship with God? You can you can be saved and not. Um, um, Jesus can be your savior and not be your Lord. He said, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say?" Is I guess what I want to know is. Is Jesus your Lord? 
Luke 646, English Standard Version say, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? When we're Christ-centered, Jesus is our Lord. But when we're self-centered, we're our own Lord. Jesus is not our Lord. And we're not going to acknowledge God in all our ways. We're going to do things our own way. That means when Jesus is, when we're self-centered and Jesus is not our Lord, we're going to be sitting down trying to figure out stuff, trying to figure out how to do this, how to do that. And we have not taken one minute, one second, one moment out to pray, to acknowledge God in all our ways, like Proverbs is telling us, so that he can direct our path. He can't direct our path if we don't ask. Because God is not, how many of you know that God is not going to override our will? He's not because, you know why he's not? Because love is choice, not force. So he won't override our will. Philippians 4 and 6 tell us to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplications with thanksgiving to let our requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will cover our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So when we acknowledge God, When we acknowledge God in all our ways, he has promised to direct our path, right? When Jesus is our Lord, when Jesus is our Lord, we will acknowledge him in all our ways. And he will be able to direct our path. When Jesus is not our Lord, We do not acknowledge him in all our ways. Therefore, he cannot direct our path. And I'm telling you, when Jesus is not our Lord, we're going to deal with anxiety a whole lot. Because when we're trusting in our own ability and not God's ability, then we are going to be afraid. We're going to be dealing with worry. We're going to be dealing with fear, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. That's because our faith and trust is not in God's love for us. I have to keep on going back to this. Because perfect love casts out fear. And when we believe that God loves us, we won't be afraid. But when we feel afraid, a lot of times it's because we feel alone. And we feel like God has forsaken us. But Jesus said, I would not leave you as an orphan. I would not leave you comfortless. But I will leave you with a comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. And he will comfort you and he will lead you and guide you and direct you to all things. Right? So, but when we're, when we're self-sufficient... We feel like, I have to do this. I got to do this. I have to figure all this stuff out. So when we don't acknowledge God, we ignore God. When we're self-sufficient, we don't acknowledge God in all our ways. But we ignore God in all our ways. And because we ignore God in all our ways, he tells us in James that God resists the proud. But he will give grace to those that will humble themselves. In other words, and come to him and ask him for help. So are you acknowledging God in all your ways? If so, then you're Christ-centered because Jesus Christ is your Lord. Are you ignoring God in all your ways? And did you pray? Did we pray before we start our day and say, Lord, here I am. What is it you want me to do? Lead God and direct my path. What is it you want me to say? How do you want me to handle this? 
or do we just sit down and and when we're trying to when we're trying to do things on our own the you know that's what brings on stress that's what brings on fear that's what brings on worry so when you're feeling afraid when you're feeling fearful and you're feeling worried know just automatically know that those are indications that we're being self-centered and not Christ-centered that that's us trying to take on this problem without God's promise. How many of you know that for every problem, God really does have a promise? Are we leaning on our own understanding, trying to figure it out? Or have you took time out to ask God for his wisdom to show you how to do it? I'm telling you, there's rest in God's wisdom. When we're The only way we can be at peace with God and the only way we can rest in God is to be able to have faith and trust in God's love for us. Because when we have faith and trust in God's love for us, it casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. See how the word of God connects? It connects. The word of God will interpret itself. Perfect love, the Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 4 tells us. But uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. These are the three things that come from God, power, love, and a sound mind. So when we're feeling fearful, when we're feeling worried, and we're feeling stressed, and we're feeling anxiety, and we're feeling afraid or scared, that's when we're not trusting in the Lord. That's when we're being self-sufficient and self-centered and we're trying to sit around and try to figure out what we need to do when we have a friend who knows everything. God knows everything. We know somebody that knows everything about everything and about everybody. Jesus really is a know-it-all. God is a know-it-all. He's omnipotent, means he's everywhere. He knows everything and he's omnipresent meaning he's everywhere at the same time. So he that's why he's not confined by time because he's outside of time. That's how he's a present help in time of trouble because he's already in the trouble before you get there. He still is the fourth man in the fire. He was in the fire before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown into the fire. He was already in the fire. When they opened up the uh, the the. The thing they like, when they got ready to throw him in, it's like, there's another man in the fire. There's a fourth man in the fire. He was already there before they got there. So even when we have to go through stuff, because sometimes God will deliver, deliver, deliver us from it, but sometimes we'll have to go through it. Because how many of you know that trouble don't feel good, but trouble is good? Because the Bible teaches us that tribulations, which is trouble, trials, it work patience. And patience is going to produce character. It's going to cause us to be mature, entire, complete, wanting nothing. It's going to cause us to grow up. Trouble don't feel good, but trouble is good sometimes because trouble is training us. Next time you fall in trouble, it's that thinking not strange when fire trials come against you, as if something strange has come upon you. But we need to rejoice because we know that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. And we also need to know that this trouble, it's not, it don't feel good, but it's working something for my good. But in order to go through the trouble, we have to be Christ-centered. Because we have to understand and know that uh, the, our weapon, our, our battle, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood people. 
not against principalities and powers. So that way we won't take on the fight and make it ours and make it personal. And we won't begin to attack the person. We won't begin to attack our spouse, our children, or whoever the devil is using. It's nothing personal. Don't attack the person, attack the spirit. You say, well, how do we attack the spirit? Through prayer, with the word. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. It's not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down the strongholds. Right? The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Right? That's our weapon. The war, the word of God is our weapon of warfare. So we don't have to fight in the flesh. We don't have to fight by cussing and getting in these word wars, saying a bad, they say a bad word, we say a bad. God said, vengeance is mine, I will repay. I need to fo- for you to focus on the battle that's at hand. This person is not your problem. The devil's using this person. But I've given you the keys to the kingdom to bind and loose and cast out. You know, those are the keys. We have authority over the devil. That's why Jesus said, but fear not, for I've overcome the world. Because in this world, we're going to have some trouble. But in me, you can have peace. But don't be afraid because I've already overcome the world. Jesus, for this purpose was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came and he undid everything that he, he undid everything that the devil done. <laughs> I like to say Jesus came to undo everything the devil did. <laughs> he redeemed us. He restored us. He graced us. He didn't condemn us. He, he didn't convict us. He comes to convince us. Okay. That we are in need of a savior. But um, I'm trying to get back to this. I'm trying to stick with this. Um, so Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. When we're self-centered, we do things our way without acknowledging God. We ignore God when we do not acknowledge God, causing us to become self-centered, self-sufficient, and instead of trusting in God, we become our own God. <laughs> I'm a... Let me just go sit there for a minute so you think about that. When we don't acknowledge God, we ignore God, causing us to be self-centered and self-sufficient. And uh, instead of trusting in God, we, we trust in ourselves and we become our own God. Are you the God of your own life? Is it God's way or your way? We can't have it both ways. Is it God's way? Or your way. We can't have it both ways. Are we God sufficient? Or self-centered and self-sufficient? Is God the center? Or are you in the center? Is your faith, does your faith rest in your ability to do things? Or does your faith rest in the fact that God says it's if it's resting in your ability, remember that God said it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. It's not by our might nor by our power. As Zechariah 4, 6, it tells us. The Lord spoke saying, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, it's not by might. Nor by power. I remember I was a baby Christian. The Lord gave me the scripture. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Or you, you think you can do it in your ability? Would you give up your ability for God's ability? God is saying it's not by might. It's not by your strength. 
nor is it by your power. It's not by your ability. It's not It's not going to be by your knowledge, your education, your money, your finances, who you know, who you don't know. It's not by this world's way of doing things. It's not based upon your ability. It's not based upon your resources. It's not by might. It's not by your strength. I know you think you're strong and we say it all the time. I'm strong. And that's true. But God said, let the weak say that they're strong. And he says, yes, we are strong only in the Lord. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what makes us strong. Being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's how we're strong. But within ourselves, we need the weakness. We need to say, yes, that we are strong, but not in our own ability. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. The only reason we're strong in the Lord is because we can, because God is strengthening us, strengthening us. When we're doing what God wants us to do, he will grace us. He will strengthen us. His grace is sufficient. He will give us his grace, which is sufficient for whatever it is that he's called us to do. But when we're trying to do things, when we're self-centered, we're trying to do things on our own. We're trying to do things without God. We're trying to do things in our own ability. And that's why it's so hard. We say, well, it's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah, it is hard when we're trying to do things on our own. The Bible tells us that the way of the transgressor is hard. It says good. Proverbs 13, 15 says good judgment wins favor, but the way of the unfaithful leads to their destruction. That's the NIV version. But the NLT version, Proverbs 13, 15, write that down. Proverbs 13, 15 says, a person with good sense is respected. A treacherous person is headed for destruction. Good sense wins favor, but the way of the treacherous is their treacherous is their ruin. That's the English Standard Version. King James says, Good understanding gives favor, but the way of the transgressor is hard. When, in other words, when I'm bent on doing things my way, instead of doing things God's way, it's going to be hard. Because God is not going to strengthen me to do something that he didn't ask me to do. It can even be a good thing. But when, when the grace is not on it, then that's us doing it. Okay, maybe we can understand that one. Okay, God said my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Meaning that anything God calls us to do, he will grace us to do it. It won't be heavy. God is God is not putting a heavy yoke on us. And when things in life become heavy, that's how we know too that we're carrying it. Proverbs 13 and 3 tells us that the way of the transgressor is hard. That's because we're trying to do it. We're sinning against God when we're not when we're not yielding to God. When we're not acknowledging God in all our ways, it's hard because we're trying to do things within our own strength. God is not going to appoint or anoint nothing that's against him. 
He's not going to strengthen us to do things that he didn't call us to do. So we're going to have to do it in our own arm of flesh. How many of you know the word of God tells us to have no confidence in our own arm of flesh or have no confidence in our own ability? But when we're when we're Christ, when we're self, when we're Christ centered, we trust in the Lord and we don't lean to our own understanding. But when we're self-centered and we understand that we the only reason we live, move, and have our being is because of Christ who strengthens us. The only reason uh, we can do all things is because of Christ who strengthens us. That's when we're Christ-centered. But when we're self-centered, we rely on our own abilities. And the Bible says, have no confidence in your own arm of flesh. Or in other words, have no confidence in your own flesh, in your own ability. That's Philippians 3 and 3. 3, uh, 3, 1 through 19, read that. Have no confidence in, in the flesh. In other words, don't have confidence in your own ability. Because the only reason you can do anything is because of Christ who strengthens you. It's because of Christ who strengthens us. That's the only reason we can do anything. It's the God that's in us who strengthens us. And if we have not accepted Jesus Christ, we need to do it today. Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart. Confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God did raise him from the dead. We shall be saved. Okay, let's go back to this. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I'm going to see if I can get through this. We're going to go over it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. If we will acknowledge God and not ignore God, life won't be so hard because it's going to take the struggle out of it. Because whenever we do things God's way, he graces us. Remember again, I just want to summarize that again. When we don't acknowledge God, we ignore God. Proverbs 3 and 7. It says, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Why is this? Because the beginning of wisdom, to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, be not wise in your own eyes. Don't, don't think that you can do it in your own ability. When we're Christ-centered, we understand that we need to ask God for his wisdom. When we don't know how to do stuff, instead of trying to sit around and try to figure it out, the first thing as a believer, when we're Christ-centered, we should always go to prayer or we should always ask God for his wisdom. God, show me how to do this. Which way should I go? Don't go fleecing God. Don't go saying things like, well, Lord, if you want me to go through that door, then have this person come through this door. That's fleecing God. Don't get into that because the devil is into that, Right? Don't test God. That's testing God. The devil came to test God. If you be the son of God, then cast yourself among the stones. And the angels will lift you up. And the, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not test the Lord thy God. He said, don't test him. He does not have to answer your quizzes and your tests. God wants you to believe. He wants us to believe him, to take him at his word. 
Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. I'm going to leave it right there for a minute. I want you to think about that. When we don't believe God, we call him a liar. Right? The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So to please God is to believe God. Think about that. That's not pleasing unto you. If you tell me something and I sit here and say, well, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. That's not going to be pleasing to you. And the same way it's not pleasing to us, it's not pleasing to God. Because when we don't believe God, we call him a liar. And when we don't believe God, guess what? Guess what we're believing? We're believing the devil. And that's how we're open to deception. Eve did not believe that she would surely die if she ate the fruit. And so she ate the fruit and she did surely die. Her and Eve, Adam. The Bible says they ate and they did surely die. She did not believe what God said. Instead, she believed what the serpent said. How many of us is listening to the serpent rather than listening to Christ? Are you listening to what the word of God says? Or are you listening to what the world of the world is saying? We're going to have to block out the outside chatter. And we're going to just set our face like a flint in this season. And we're not going to be, we can't be moved by what the news media people are saying. Those may be, those may be facts, but it's not the truth. Don't confuse facts with the truth. Like I said earlier, if I cut my finger, that's a fact. My finger is cut and it is bleeding. I see that. That's, I see that in the natural. But by the spirit of God, because uh, God called those things which be not as though they are. By Jesus' stripes, the truth is, the facts, don't let the facts take away the truth. Because when we start believing facts over truth, then we start take, believing, uh, picking the world's way over God's way. You say, what's the difference? Well, faith is calling those things which be not as though they were. God said, let there be light when there was no light and there was light. We know that words have power. Now, come on. We know that we can speak things into existence because life and death is in the power of the word. We understand the world call it positive reinforcement, but God calls it calling those things which be not as though they were uh, life and death being in the power of the tongue. Excuse me. That got, it, the world is only discovering what the word has already said. That's why I do like science in a way, because science, all they're doing is proving what God has already said. They say things like laughter is good as medicine. Well, that can be scientifically proven because when you laugh, it boosts your endorphins. The thing and, it, and your serotonin, it, it causes it to go up, releasing joy. So they're only proving what the word of God has said. I always tell people, if you want to know what's going to happen next, read the Bible because it's going to tell you it's a prophetic book and it's going to tell you what's coming before it comes. Um, but right now we're in perilous times. We're in the last days. We're in the end times. And this is why I just sense the urgency to tell people about, you know, to put as much word out there as I can. I mean, I'm literally addicted to the word of God. I mean, I can, in my mind, uh, yes, we need to leave a will behind for our children, a wise man leave an inheritance, but we need the, the, the greatest inheritance that we can leave behind is the word of God. We have got, if we don't teach our children the word of God, the world is going to teach them the way of the world. We have to teach our children that there are choices. Now, when they get older, it's going to be up to them, but at least they're not, they're not going to have to feel hopeless. They're going to know that there is another way. I am not without hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I am not faithless. I am not hopeless. When we're faithless, we're hopeless. 
So whenever you begin to feel hopeless, just know because you're faithless. Jesus said, oh, you, where, where's your faith? Why, how you been with me all this time and you still don't have faith? How you been serving me all these years and you still don't have faith to trust me? There's no condemnation. Hold on, don't go anywhere. Because the, the good news is, let me tell you what the good news, all of the word of God is good news. The good news is, is that today is a new day. And today we get to do what the word of God say. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow's not yet. So just hold on right here because the day if we need to, we're going to repent. It's okay. We, t- we need to know, are we Christ-centered or are we self-centered? Because when we're Christ-centered, we depend on God for what we need. We trust in the Lord and we have a relationship with him, not religion. I said relationship. We don't have a form of godliness. So having a form of godliness is we're well-versed. We can say the scriptures. We can, you know, and all this stuff. We even go to church and, and you know, go to the building and be all religious. But for real, in our heart, we don't believe it. Jesus said, you worship me with your lips, but yet your heart is so far from me. Because you, you're still bent on, when we're self-centered, we're bent on doing things our way. And the Bible said rebellion is as equal to the sin of witchcraft. And know this too. Know this. That God used people. He used people to speak through. He used people to help other people. So when we're saying religious stuff like, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. Well, the Lord has already given you a word. You call this person, you ask them for advice. God give them advice, give them wisdom to give you. And then you say, well, I'm waiting on the Lord. No, it's not that you're waiting on the Lord. It's just you're being rebellious. He's already told you what to do. But because you didn't want that word, you're saying, I need another word. I don't want that word. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go back and be super religious. And, and, I, and I already know that the Lord le- led me to you. So if the Lord led me to you, that means you got a word in your mouth for you. But when we don't want that word, we go about and find us another word. But we got to, this, this is why I say this pod is for mature audience only. If we want to mature in God, if we want to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory, because mature people take responsibility for their own um, issues. That's why I start off my book, Understanding Your Own Issues, so we can be delivered from ourselves, so we can begin to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. Know this, that when God is telling us to do something, or he's asking us, excuse me, or he's, excuse me one moment, or he's asking us to do something, is to protect us from something evil. Right? I mean, think about it. Isn't that why you tell your kids? When you're telling your kids not to do stuff, or you're telling someone not to do something, it's not because you're trying to you're trying to uh, hurt them or harm them or condemn them. If you're telling someone something to help them, it's because you care and you don't want hurt or harm to come to them. Right? You're telling them. So when when I read the word of God. And, and I, um, correction, God corrects those that he loves. And that's how I look at it. When God is correcting me, he's loving me. When God is correcting us, it's because he's loving on us. Right? So when God is correcting us, he's loving on us. Oh, give me one second. I want you to sit on that for a minute. Think about that. When God is correcting us, he's loving us. Because he says, he, 
In his word, remember he tells us that he chastised those that he loved. God chastised those that he loved. Do you know that? So when God is correcting us, it's because he's loving us. We don't love our children more than God loves our children. Proverbs 103, 13, NIV tells us, it says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. God has compassion on us. That's why his grace and mercy is fresh and new every day. Because he knows that every day we're going to need it because we're going to mess up somewhere. But as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God has compassion on us when we fear him and reverence us because he knows that we're, he remembers that we're made out of dust. He knows that we're going to make mistakes. So when God is correcting us, it's because he loves us. So when even when he brings a word of correction, it's not because he's trying to crush us or break us. It's because he's trying to restore us. He's gracing us. He's gracing us, correcting us, and restoring us. Or he's correcting us. He's gracing us first. Because under the law, some of the stuff we do, we would have been dead. So he's gracing us and then he wants to correct us so we don't continue to do the same thing. Why is this? The purpose of God's rebuke and correction is so that he's trying to protect us from harm. He's trying to protect us from the from the devil. He's saying, don't do this. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Give no place to the devil. Why? Because if you lay down angry with devils, if you lay down mad, you're going to wake up mad. And the same day is going to be just like yesterday. This is how the devil's keeping us stuck in the past. By not letting go of stuff. That's another study. But right now I'm trying to stick with how we have to, the Proverbs 4, excuse me, one Proverbs 3, I'm sorry, 5 through 6, right now trusting in the Lord and leaning not to our own understanding. And how we're not going to have any confidence in our own ability, but God's ability. When we're, when we're Christ-centered, our faith rests in the Lord. When we're self-centered, our faith rests in our ability. And we're always trying to figure stuff out. But Proverbs 3 and 7 tells us again, Be not wise in our own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And when Christ is centered, Jesus is our Lord, and we act up for wisdom, trusting him to give it to us as he has promised. James, James 1, 5 through 7 NLT says, If we need wisdom, Again, that's James. Write this down. If you're taking notes, James 1, verse 5 through 7. I'm reading from the NLT, New Living Translation. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's not going to yell at you, scream at you, call you stupid, dumb, ignorant. You ever come up against somebody like that? Man, you should already know that. You know, you come to ask somebody for something and they... They just make you feel stupid. Well, God is not going to do that. He's not going to rebuke us or correct us for asking him for help. We're asking him, how do, God, Father, how do you do this? But when you ask him, be sure. I'm reading on verse 6 now, James 1, 5, 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Hmm. I wonder why is that? Because if our faith is not in God alone, in other words, we can't have no plan B. We can't go to God saying, well, if this doesn't work, if he doesn't save my marriage, then I'll do this. And, and and that's how we do. We Sometimes people serve God for the wrong reason. I'm going to trust God to save my marriage. No, you need to trust God to save you. 
See, and so then when things don't go right, well, see, okay, well then, see, that didn't work. That's the plan B, that you didn't have faith in God alone. We have to have faith in God alone. When we ask God for wisdom, we have to have faith in him alone. James 1 and 6 says, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone and do not waver. Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't don't lose your faith. Don't get to looking at the waves and the winds around you. Don't go looking at the situations and the circumstances around you. Our faith has to be in God alone. We can't have a plan B. When we go to God, he has to be the only plan. We, can, we don't go to God with a backup plan. We don't go to God saying, well, just in case that don't work, then I got this. No, that's not that's not having faith in God alone. Well, if the marriage don't work, I can always get a divorce. You see there? Look how you entered into that covenant. You didn't even enter into that covenant in faith. So you gave place to the devil when you said that. We have to have faith in God alone. Marriage is a good thing. It's God's idea. It was meant to last forever. That was his original plan. But because of the hardness of man's heart, he allowed Moses to do the divorce decree. Because he knows not everyone's going to be saved and not everyone's going to want to give in. So if you're living with an unbeliever uh, and he chooses to go, the Bible says let him go. That's on another, that's a whole nother topic. We're going to get in that another time because I'm going to be teaching for my other book, Dating Identifiers, Marrying God's Way. But today I want to deal with this because I feel like the Lord wants us to understand and know that we're really going to have to have our soul anchored in the Lord. Because we are in perilous times. We are in the last days. When evil men grow worse, men become lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. In Russia, they're making robots for customers. I mean, I'm talking about human-looking robots. Mannequin-looking robots. They're sitting in the place of people as customer service reps. So when the world's, you know, we having all these self-checkouts. Every time I see a self-checkout, I'm thinking that's somebody's job. It's so important that we have our faith and confidence in the Lord and not in man. It's so important that we seek first the kingdom of God because the provisions are in the will of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto us. For God clothes the lilies of the field and he feeds the birds of the air. Don't you know that you're more valuable to him than that? He tells us that in his word. God knows what we have need of. He knows we need a house, a car, food, clothes. He knows about all these things. He says, but I need you to seek me first. Seek, because why is this? Because the provisions are in the will of God. Everything that we need is in the will of God. And he will give you provisions for his journey. Take no coat, take no shoes, take no nothing. Why is this? What he's saying is, I'm going to provide for you everything that you need when you get do everything I've asked. Now, look at this. Now, the the, the devil, he would give us, he don't own anything, but he will steal some stuff to give it to us. That's why in the end, we ended up crashing. You know, remember in the Matthews where the the serpent was, uh, when he was tempting Jesus in the garden, and he was telling, one of the temptations was, uh, if you will bow down, I believe it's Matthews 4, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. He took Jesus up on the high mountain. And he told him, look, look down on all this. If you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. 
Are we bowing down and worshiping the enemy, the ways of the world? Matthews 4 and 9. That Read that, please. Read the whole thing. That's the, the temptations when Jesus was being tempted by the, uh, the, the devil in the wilderness. And he said to him in 4 and 9, And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall, fall down and worship me. Who are you worshiping? Are we Christ-centered, self-centered? Because when we're self-centered, we're not we're serving other gods. And when we're self-centered, we have become the God of our own life. Isn't that what Satan did? And that's that's that that puts us in the seat of pride. Because when we're not dependent on God, we're dependent on our own selves. And it puts us in the place of God and it sits us in the place of pride. Isn't that how what Satan what happened to him in Ezekiel? That's why he was cast out of heaven. Because he said, I will exalt myself. That's where self-esteem comes from. <laughs> That's why I say self is not self-esteem. It's God-esteem. Because the devil is the one who wants to promote himself. I will exalt myself. Promotion comes from the Lord. It's not self-esteem. It's God-esteem. It's not about us esteeming ourselves. It's about us esteeming the Lord Jesus Christ. When Christ is lifted up, he'll draw men unto himself. But when we ignore God, we do not acknowledge God, causing us to become self-sufficient and not God-sufficient. So when we become a God unto ourselves, Proverbs 3, we become prideful. Because really, God, God says, what does he say about that? When we're self-sufficient, what we're saying is, God, I got this. And we have confidence in our own ability. We have confidence in our own education. We have confidence in our in our job. Our job is our source. My husband is my source. My kids, this and that. We we look for and reach for resources outside of God to be our to be our God. Really to be our God. So God said we can't serve God in mammon. Mammon is not just money, but mammon is the spirit of this world. Mammon is a spirit. But the Bible says that some will depart from the faith, piercing their souls with many souls, chasing after riches. It's not the money that we chase after. It's the God who gives us the power to get the wealth. Seek first the kingdom of God. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things and all these other things will be added unto you. Don't go chasing after the things. Go chase after the God who gives us the things. The God who gives us the power to get the wealth. Because in, in the middle, when we get in, in God's will, in the middle of God, that's where the provisions are. Don't that make sense? That when we're doing what God tells us to do, that God is, he'll be the C, he's the CEO, the CFO, he's everything. He will finance what he has asked us to do. But when we're doing stuff outside of God, then it's hard because the way of the transgressor is hard. That means I'm going to have to do it in my own arm of flesh. I'm going to have to do it in my own my own ability. You guys remember the story of Samson Delilah? Well, when Delilah, when Samson got out of the will of God, when she cut his hair, he wasn't supposed to have been over there in the first place. So he was already being rebellious. His parents told him not to. You know, they told him what God said. He, he, just, he just wanted to do what he wanted to do. So when he got out of the will of God, he lost his strength. It was hard without God. He fell into, into sin. He fell into things. They were so that he Samson was living a hard life. I like to tell people that I, I know because I done lived on both sides. And life don't work right without Jesus Christ. 
So Samson was living his own thing. He forget about that. He told him not to go fellowship with, with you know, with those kind of people because he was a Nazarite. But he didn't. He went on and did it. He, the devil, because he got, you know, he got in rebellion. So he refused to listen to God. So he started listening to the serpent. And that's what we do. Every time we don't make a God choice, we're, make, we're listening to the serpent. We're doing like what Eve did. God told her, don't do it. Don't eat from that tree. You're going to surely die. Don't, don't touch the fruit. Don't even touch the fruit. You're going to die. The serpent said, you're not going to surely die. Go on, you can do it. Oh, what God's saying is not really true. But you know what? When we're Christ-centered and Jesus is our Lord and we have a relationship, a love. Let me let me add love on that. We have a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to want to do what pleases him because when you love somebody, we know about this. We done did some crazy things in the name of love. When you love somebody, it's easy to please them. The reason it's hard to do the word of God is because we don't have... We, we we have to we don't have a love relationship with God or maybe the fire has died out. But that this the good news is is today is another day when we can we get to surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we we get to say, Lord, I give up, I quit. I don't want my way anymore. I want what you want. I don't want what I want. Are you God sufficient? Are you trusting in the Lord? Are you we acknowledging God in all our ways? Or we lean into our own understanding and doing things our own way. Psalms 10 and 2 English Standard Version says, In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him or seek God. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Right? They don't, they don't, God is nowhere in their mind. The wicked, God is not in their thoughts. They're not even thinking about God. All they're thinking about is, what can I do? How can I do this? How can I scheme? How can I manipulate? It's, it's, God is nowhere in their thoughts. They're not praying, God help me. God give me wisdom. In their mind, there is no God. I am a God. I am a God. This happened because of me. Be careful of the me and the I and the my's. Okay? Because it not, it, even the things that we have on this earth, even if we got the title deed to it, we everything we, we own on earth is on lease. Because when we leave this world, none of this stuff is going with us. The Bible says the only thing that's going to last is what we do for Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's going to last. So whatever we do in word or deed, whatever we do in word or deed, the Bible tells us to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17, English Standard Version. That's Colossians 3.17, if you're taking notes. It says, and whatever you do in word or deed, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do in word or deed, why? Because, and why do we need to do that? We need to give God thanks because we need to realize and understand that it wasn't because of us. It's not by might nor by power, but by our power, by our own ability. But it was because God is the one who gave, gave us the strength to do whatever it is that we did. I'm getting ready to end it here. I'm almost out of time. So whatever we do in word or deed, 
Colossians 5.17. The word of God tells us. 3.17, I'm sorry. Colossians 3.17. The word of God tells us to do it as unto the Lord. And giving him thanks. Because we need to give God glory and for everything that we do. Because it's only because of him that we live, move, and even have our being. I mean, the only reason we're existing, the only reason we're living now is because God is breathing his breath through us. What is it? Every good and perfect gift comes from God. What is it that we have that we did not receive? We can do nothing of our own. So I want to acknowledge you, encourage you, remind you, exhort you to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. He can be your savior and not be your Lord. Proverbs 3 and 1 says, My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. When we're self-centered, our life is not going to be satisfying. And when we're disobedient, it's going to shorten our days. Because Why? Because when we're not listening to God, we're listening to the voice of the enemy. And the devil comes, the thief comes not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. So we can follow God's path. Or we can follow the devil's path. Whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve it to. Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Are we Christ-centered? Are we trusting God for everything that we need? Are we asking God for wisdom when we don't know what to do? Or are we doing things on our own? Are we God-sufficient or are we self-sufficient? Do we understand that it's not by might nor by power, but God's spirit? Or do are we self-sufficient? And thinking that we can do all things because of our own strength, our own education, our own finances, our own whatever it is, our own power and our own strength. Is our confidence in God or is our confidence in our own arm of the flesh, our own abilities, our own resources, our own power, our own education, our own knowledge? There's no condemnation because I have good news for you. We're getting ready to end it here. That today we can repent of the Lord, Father God, we just come before you right now. We repent and we surrender and we say, not our will, Lord, but let your will be done. In Jesus name, we want to follow you. We acknowledge you today in all our ways and we ask that you lead God and direct our path because our way is the wrong way. And that's why we're not experiencing your peace. That's why we got anxiety and fear in our lives because we have not been following your way. That's why we have strife and pride in our life because where there's pride, there's always strife because no one wants to surrender or submit to Christ. I'm going to end it here. You guys keep looking for the good in your day so you can see God's goodness in your day. And every day, let's remember that we have to go to that garden of Gethsemane and we have to say like Jesus, say, Father, not my will be done. But let your will be done in my life again today. I'm in here. You guys be blessed and be encouraged.